welcome to another episode of Classroom Conversations, the platform for Georgia's teachers, a place for educators to share and learn. I'm Ashley Mingwasser. We're so glad you're listening to this podcast series presented by the Georgia Department of Education and Georgia Public Broadcasting. Today, we're cruising back in time. The thrust of teaching history and teaching students is really one and the same, making connections making connections to the past, making connections to young learners. Therefore, I decree in the year of our Lord 2022 that this episode shall be dedicated to the topic of making connections and motivating students in the classroom with Darius Peterson. My teacher feature today is Darius Peterson, an eighth grade history teacher at Snelson Golden Middle School in Hinesville, Georgia. Darius is in his sixth year as an educator, and my, does he have an interesting background. A royal welcome to our guest of honor, Darius Peterson. How are you, Darius? I'm well, Ashley. Thank you. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm just happy to see you. I'm glad to be here. You're remote for this episode, but I'm looking at you here on Zoom. Got the teal headphones and everything. You got it going on. Well, context (laughs) matters in history, Darius, and we need a little bit of yours to understand you. So to start us off, I'll just provide some background here. Your wife is a military service member, active duty in the Army. Mm -hmm. She's stationed at Fort Stewart in Hinesville, which is about 40 miles southwest of Savannah for our listeners. And Military.com lists Fort Stewart as the largest Army installation east of the Mississippi River. I love a superlative. Mm -hmm. It spans (laughs) 280,000 acres. I I don't know how many fiefs that would be for historians. But (laughs) to sum it up, you're a man married to military, Darius. Yes. As you mentioned, I am uh, indeed a military spouse, and my wife currently serves here at Fort Stewart. Uh, We moved here about uh, three and a half years ago, and uh, we have a daughter, Mariah Grace, and uh, currently teach at Snelson Golden Middle School. And uh, here we are today, uh, just excited about having the opportunity to impact the lives of our future, which is our students. Where were you before you came to Georgia? Right. So we were actually at Fort Carson, Colorado, uh, which is uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And Snelson Golden, your school now, that's a very cool name. Is there a Snelson Golden tagline? There must be. Yes. Yes, there is. And that tagline is the future starts here. I love that. uh, And you're connecting the past, the present and the future in your job. Yeah. That's right. You've earned some outstanding accolades there in just three short years, Darius. You were the WTOC top teacher in October, a title awarded by your local Savannah news station, Channel 11, and now teacher of the year at Snelson Golden. That must be so affirming. What does teacher of the year status entail? It entails a lot. Um, Of course, being a role model for students and also being Uh, a support for your colleagues and your peers. So, um, you know, just interacting with uh, parents and stakeholders and community partners and ensuring that we're, you know, building a bridge to ensure that our students achieve. So uh, that's what what all of those awards mean, uh, that we just know how to build those bridges and build those relationships. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Well, when it comes to this profession, to continue the military metaphor, Darius, you weren't drafted. You enlisted in education. <laughs> so so what made you want to become a teacher? 
Yeah, um, a number of reasons, actually. Um, but the one that that uh, sticks out to me most is um, I myself was born uh, into what some would call a disadvantage. Um, and so uh, my family, of course, we, we had economic struggles and um, my grandmother raised me up until her demise. And so after um, I went to live with my mother, there were still some struggles. Uh, and it was my teachers and those educators in my school community uh, that actually helped me through those hard times. And so uh, it's my desire uh, as an educator and as a teacher uh, to be that teacher for someone else, to be that teacher that I had uh, for my students, that motivator, that encourager, the one who, uh, of course, helps us to get across the finish line. Across the finish line. And when I first spoke with you, Darius, you said this, I wrote it down. I want to reach the student that I once was. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That is my Incredibly design. powerful and so full circle of you. I love that. We'll share some nuances of the military community. Well, uh, there are quite a few. You know, we <laughs> we move quite frequently. So there are times <laughs> when we are um, in one place, uh, maybe for uh, two to three years, and then we move on. So uh, sometimes it can become difficult to um, build solid relationships um, because we're moving so frequently. However, um, one thing that I've learned to do is just make the most of where we are and, of course, live out that purpose every single day and, of course, take advantage uh, of time. And so um, being a military spouse, I understand that time is limited and I want to make the biggest impact wherever I am uh, so that whenever we leave, our absence is felt. What is it like teaching students who are from military families? Are they just like other middle school students or not so much in your opinion? Ah, what a great question. Um, it's actually it's actually pretty interesting. I believe that uh, military children uh, have more flexibility. Uh, they are, you know, those who just roll with the punches. They kind of, you know, um, they do very well with just just going along, you know. Uh, they also desire accountability. Um, they they want you to hold them accountable, and they want to uh, know what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And um, they they just have that flexibility that the average student may not have. Uh, not much makes them uncomfortable because they're always on the go. So uh, it's pretty interesting to see them adapt to the new environments, and of course, like I said, be flexible. Do they face unique challenges being from military families? I believe they do. Um, and, and I'll say that because, you know, um, and I'll use my daughter, for example. Uh, Mariah is four years old now, and uh, my wife recently returned uh, from a deployment. And so often uh, military children are faced with uh, having one parent in the home or only having access to one parent as the other may be, you know, on a tour or deployed or serving elsewhere. And so those unique challenges of having a parent, but that parent not being accessible uh, is something that military children, it's a unique situation for them. Um, but of course, when we're surrounded by a strong community, uh, that makes up the difference. There are creative solutions to that quandary. And also you being in the classroom, being the educator that they see every time they come to school provides some semblance of stabil stability 
and regularity in their lives. Mm -hmm. Here we are in the 2020s, Darius. I don't fully believe it. I was expecting flying cars and teleportation by now, to be honest. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed, but that is not your problem. I am curious, though, how has the study of middle school history changed compared to when older generations learned it, when we learned it? Well, uh, I believe that um, the study has changed uh, quite drastically, actually. When we look at the way that we learned um, years ago, we're not going to date ourselves. No, we're not. Uh, but, but when we when we looked at um, the study of history years ago, information was not as accessible to us as it is to the student now. Um, and so it's easy for our students to um, use their iPhone or their iPad to type a question into Google and get tens of thousands of answers to those questions. And uh, quite frankly, we didn't have that. Um, We didn't have that capability. And so uh, the the study of middle school history has changed because now we have to teach students how to filter information that, um, you know, maybe, you know, a little questionable. Mm -hmm. And so we, of course, you know, teach them the importance of primary and secondary sources and, of course, giving them the skills they need to be able to differentiate between um, uh, credible news sources and those who may not be. And so it's changed in that um, students have access to more information. You know, we had just the teacher, just the textbook, maybe a novel, uh, but now uh, these students have so much more that they have access to. And it's changed in another way, you told me, in terms of what's part of the discourse, that you're looking at varying perspectives in history and not just a list of facts. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, when we look at history, many people think that it's just information. Uh, But I pride myself in um, making sure that students understand the varying perspectives, um, understanding that um, there are two sides to every story and that uh, one reserves the right to compose their own perspective perspective as well. And so uh, just teaching students that, you know, you have to see every side. Uh, we can't just, you know, take one side and forget about the other, uh, but we have to look at it from a holistic perspective in order to, uh, of course, develop our own train of thought. When you position this subject to your students, how do you describe history? What is your spin to them as somebody who is very passionate about this subject? How do you define history? Right. So, uh, great question. I actually teach my students that, and it's our tagline, that we learn about the past to impact the future. Mm -hmm. And so we learn about uh, the things that have happened to effectuate change in our communities, in our families, in our schools, in our businesses uh, for the future. So we are uh, learning about the past to impact the future. I love that definition. That's great, Darius. To my next question, you may say, Ashley, I have no idea, but I hope you do, because this feels like it would be powerful intel for an educator, and it leads to our next point about connecting with students. How do your students perceive you? <laughs> do you oh, know? Wow. Um, I, 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 I do. And um, if you ask them, I'm sure they'd probably give you a good laugh. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, just one who is inspirational, um, 
you know, I, I think I'm uh, a comedian and they do too at times. Now, of course, you know, <laughs> they, they, um, they have a different type of comedy. So sometimes my humor is dry humor to them, but they got to catch on. They can so, be a tough crowd uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, they would say that I'm inspirational, that I'm funny, um, and that I'm definitely one who's one of their biggest cheerleaders. Uh, and so that's how they would uh, perceive me. Uh, and that's who they know me to be. You actually told me about an exercise you did with them to kind of solicit a little bit of feedback on how do you view your teacher, Mr. Peterson. Tell me about that exercise. Right. So uh, with that, you know, uh, we have so many, so many softwares and devices that we can use to get feedback. And so oftentimes, if you're doing it the traditional way, students don't always, you know, uh, want to write or, you know, express how they feel because it's easy for you to identify them. So we did an anonymous exercise wherein they had to, um, you know, of course, log into the Nearpod and just give one word to describe Mr. Peterson. And you'd be shocked to see some of the things that they uh, that they shared. So uh, just those adjectives that I just gave, inspirational, funny, um, motivational, all of that uh, tied into one. That's very smart of you, Darius. Knowing this is advantageous because if you're interested in the art of making connections with your students, knowing how they perceive you and also knowing how to interact with them seems like a recipe for success. Tell us how you actively connect with your students. Right. Uh, well, I, I pride myself in, again, building building strong relationships. And so I believe that uh, in order to connect with students, in order to foster achievement for them, and in order to see them become their best self, it begins with a solid relationship and understanding the way that that student learns the uh, unique things about them and, of course, meeting them where they are. And so, um, you know, when I say building that relationship, I'm I'm talking, you know, what's your favorite color? Mm. Uh, what are some of the things that you like? What are some things that you don't like? How can I help you to become better? How can I help you to achieve in Mr. Peterson's Georgia Studies class? You know, and again, after building that relationship, then we can move forward into fostering achievement. Is there a story, and I know I'm asking you this cold, in which a student came around because of a way that you connected with them? Oh, most certainly. Um, I can even give an example of this summer. I actually had the opportunity to uh, teach summer school. And of course, nobody wants to be there, Ashley. At summer school, we're supposed to be beside the pool, right? I just wanted to be in school all the time. I was not a normal (laughs) kid. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, you know, this student, of course, was not happy to be there. Uh, Virtual learning last year was difficult for some students and they needed that additional support. And so some parents elected to send their students to uh, our summer remediation and acceleration program. And this student did not want to be there. And so, of course, Mr. Peterson coming in happy, you know, pumped up, ready to get started. And he was just not feeling it. And so uh, I identified that. And uh, of course, I went over, spoke with him and he was not feeling it at first. Um, But fast forward, um, 
that became one of his best summers. Um, he looked forward to coming and seeing Mr. Peterson and, and getting that dose of energy and that burst of inspiration. And of course, uh, being motivated for the day. And so into this school year, that same student uh, comes to see me every day. We do our fist bump and fist we bump. talk about what a great day we're going to have. And uh, we move forward from there. So it's the small things that count. Uh, it's the small things that motivate them. And it's when we pay attention to those things, we can, of course, again, foster achievement for our students. A fist bump is such a community builder. It really is. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought mm-hmm. that up. And I'd wager that the more connected you are, the easier the task of motivating them to learn, right? Right. Share some of your motivational strategies that you used to get students excited to learn about history. Take us down to the nitty gritty with you, Darius. Yeah, yeah. So one of the the biggest things that I would encourage any educator to do, and I know it may be hard at times, but get in character. Get in character. Allow them to see you um, in a different light. You don't have to be stoic and serious all the time. Uh, Allow yourself to step into character. And when you do that, students will see that there's a flexibility uh, to your personality and it encourages them to embrace themselves even the more. Um, Ashley, there are times when uh, my principal may come in and Mr. Johnson may see me standing on top of a desk or he may see me lying on the floor or, you know, wearing something silly. You know, I get in character and I let the students know that that's okay, that it's an expression of my personality. And that gets them so excited to see that authenticity with fun. Uh, and they, they, of course, become motivated to learn. So um, social studies and history already has a connotation that it's supposed to be dry and boring. Uh, but when you spice it up with just a little animation, uh, it definitely makes a difference. What sort of things are you doing to yourself? Are you in costume up there, Darius? I need to know more. <laughs> All the details, please. Well, I I can change my voice sometimes. I will, like I said, stand on desk. I may wear a hat. I may wear shades. Um, I may dance and sing. I don't know. Whatever I'm feeling at the moment, Ashley, you don't want to hear that. Are you sure? sure? You're in front of a microphone. Coincidence? I think not. No? All right. Maybe another time. Maybe another time. You may have some great ideas for teaching middle school history in an inspiring way, just based on what I've already heard about how you motivate your kids. Share some teaching tips with our history teachers listening, some precise things that they can do as they teach history in their classrooms. Right. So, uh, of course, you know, when we think about uh, history, it's something that we really need to talk about. And when I say that, it's not just a cliche. We literally need to talk about it. So uh, there are times when we should foster uh, discussion in our class and and uh, allow our students to articulate their thoughts. And there may be times when, of course, students may not be as vocal, um, but we have to find ways to get them to articulate their thoughts even the more. One way that I do that is a right pair share. And I know we've heard of think pair share, uh, but the right pair share is when a student uh, can write down whatever they're thinking. And then we simply swap papers. They don't have to write their names on it. They don't have to uh, give any indication as to Uh, who they are when writing. They're just writing their opinion. They're writing how they feel or their perspective. And we will get up around the classroom, swap those papers, and then 
I'll call on someone, pick a popsicle stick um, to read. And that person will share that um, share that perspective. And then as a class, we'll discuss where we stand with that person's uh, viewpoint. And so that's a way that we can foster engagement. Uh, it, it allows students to articulate their thoughts without uh, the fear of someone discovering who they are. So sometimes those anonymous discussions and those anonymous right pair shares uh, makes a difference uh, in Mr. Peterson's class. I love right pair share. What else do you have, Darius? Well, um, also walking notes. And so I'm sure that, you know, from um, just from the things that I've shared, you can tell that there's a lot of movement uh, in my class. History so is an active just, learning experience is. in your classroom. <laughs> Sign me up. Yes, most definitely. And so uh, with the walking notes, what we do, uh, instead of me lecturing uh, for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, I will, of course, print my lecture notes and I'll turn on some groovy music and we will walk around the classroom and read Mr. Peterson's lecture notes while they are uh, taking notes for themselves. And I've taught them various uh, note-taking styles. You know, one of their favorites is Cornell Notes. And so uh, they will have the opportunity to move at their own pace. I may give them 15 minutes to rotate the room and read the information and they take their notes, come back, and we all share uh, and discuss together what we've learned. We could do this all day. I could listen to you talk, Darius. I love your voice. You're so happy and upbeat, and I know that resonates with your students. Is there anything else, though, you want teachers to know about teaching history? Anything you want them to remember? Well, I want them to remember that um, this is important uh, and that this subject is one that will um, teach our students the skills that they need to, of course, continue uh, being successful as they move uh, beyond high school. And so um, I would just encourage them to, to you know, stay in the race. I know that uh, it can become daunting at times, uh, especially in these times, but uh, what you're doing is making a difference and it matters. So uh, just continue, be strong, make a difference and continue impacting the lives of our students. So inspiring. Darius, you're not just teaching history, dude. You're making it. You are making it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Two Teacher of the Year nominations. The future is bright for you. Thank you for sharing your time and talents, Darius. Did you have a good time? I did. It was awesome. Good. Thank you. Come back anytime and bring your teal headphones. We need to <laughs> we need to improve our fashion standards here in the studio. That's another powerful episode of Classroom Conversations for the History Books. Thank you for joining us on the platform for Georgia's teachers. As you continue your work in the present, know this. You're a great teacher. Bye-bye.